Tone Deaf is the journey of a musical theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. The reactions to the musicals are real and mostly unedited. This show is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. Now sit back, relax, and have a laugh. You're listening to Tone Deaf. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. All right, uh, really quick before we begin, uh, what's the eye dilation sitch, Warren? Uh, beautiful and normal. Awesome, perfect. So we were going to have this ready yesterday, but uh, I, in all of my wisdom, forgot that I had an eye appointment before watching Once Upon a Mattress, so... <laughs> so, fun fun story, we had scheduled eye appointments, you know, weeks in advance, and then uh, Kay saw that there was going to be a high school production of Once Upon a Mattress, and happened to fall on the same day that she had her eye appointment. Yep. So, Kay got to enjoy the uh, lovely high school performance, uh, completely blind. Yep. Wearing sunglasses, because her eyes were dilated and sensitive. <laughs> so, it'd be like, every soften with applause. Okay, Warren, what did we see? <laughs> uh, the one guy did a thing with... Okay, never mind. <laughs> You've seen this show, Kay. <laughs> Use your imagination, woman. Yes, so um, we did, though. We saw Once Upon a Mattress at Alta High School. Uh, they have a performance tonight, Saturday, November 23rd. They have two performances today. Yes. As well as one on Monday. Yep. And you can check uh, Alta High School's website for times, locations, and tickets if you have interest yes. in seeing the show? Uh, finding tickets online is a little bit difficult. We had to go through Show Ticks for You, which is what Alta High School uses for their uh, ticketing. So it was a little bit tricky, but you can find it just searching Once Upon a Mattress, Alta High School. And depending on what your budget is like, it's only $9 online or it's $10 at the door, so... It's way awesome. So take that for, for what you will, but... Um, this was the very first time I have ever seen Once Upon a Mattress. Mm -hmm. I was not disappointed. I am so glad. And I had so much fun with this show. I Because I didn't know what to expect. All I knew was that it was the story of the princess and the pea. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, all I knew. But I never knew what that story entailed. Other than a woman sleeping on a bed that had a pee under the mattress mm -hmm. and it was somehow supposed to determine that she was the right princess. Like some complete, <laughs> you know, this show is a great example of why monarchies are a bad idea Yeah, because you just get one batshit crazy person who's in charge and the entire kingdom is like, oh, well, none of us can get married until the prince gets married because Queen Bitchfest said so. Like, <laughs> But uh, I do want to say the the cast for the for the high school production did a great job. Uh, yes, there were definitely some actors who stole the show a bit. The mm -hmm. the actress who played the queen was probably my favorite character just because mm -hmm. of how hilarious and absurd the queen is. Yeah, uh, my second favorite was probably the princess Winifred. Yes, um, she was great. Like she could sing really well. Mm -hmm. um, all, you know, other characters were great as well, so I'm not trying to, like, pick favorites, but 
those yeah. those were the ones that particularly stole the show for me mm-hmm. uh yeah this show was it was a lot of fun uh yeah I, I, it, it makes me really excited that we're doing a double feature for this show yeah because i enjoyed the high school production so much i'm like i want to watch it again like, yeah i want to see it again so um what we'll be seeing later uh and releasing on wednesday will be the 2005 carol burnett version um i thought it was the older one but i can't find the older one so we have to go with this one and it's different because it was for tv oh so yeah they they had it's the same musical but different because they had to make some changes so um this review will be about what's more traditional normal yeah the traditional version of once upon a mattress which is what you saw the next one will not be so you'll get to see some drastic changes i'm actually i actually am excited about that because then i get to see two different uh takes on the same Mm -hmm. material yeah which i like it was kind of like when we did our hair yeah special you know and I, I i i like seeing the differences yeah because it's boring if you're just watching carbon copy mm-hmm. duplicates and that's one of the joys of live theater is that it's never the same like even if they have the same choreography there's always minute differences that you can pick out from different casts and different takes that directors have on things like uh yeah, they like with Godspell, um, I've been in a version that played it more straight with regards to, oh, it's the clown analogy. And then there's another version that I did where we were all homeless in downtown Salt Lake. Uh-huh. So that was, yeah, different, uh, different, different interpretations. Different interpretations. And that's the joy with live theater because you can take the version of Once Upon a Mattress that we've seen that plays it very straight to the script because that's what you have to do when you license a show, generally. Um, and then there's the Disney version. Or no, it's not Disney. It's before Disney? No, it was Disney because it was uh, 2005's Wonderful World of Disney that licensed this version of Once Upon a Mattress. And it's very different. <laughs> So should we, well, I guess we'll give our, our little recap of the show? Yes. Because the show opens up with a individual reading the story of mm-hmm. Princess and the Pea to a bunch of children. And the children are kind of like, oh, did that really happen? Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, it did really happen. You know how I know? I was there. I love the way that he sets it up because he's like, I was there. I saw the whole thing. Let alone, he's like, but I was kicked out of the kingdom and disgraced and forced into exile. But <laughs> yeah. I won't tell you children that because then you'll not find me worthy of telling you stories yeah. or something like that. So the, the, it was the minstrel, right? Yes. The traveling yeah. minstrel. The traveling minstrel is the one telling the story to the kids. And as the kids like run off stage, that's when the minstrel is like, aha, I will regale the audience with what really happened on that series of days. Uh, <laughs> I guess weeks, <laughs> and we get treated to. Did they ever say what the kingdom's called? Oh gosh. Okay, I that's that's all good. I don't remember. We'll call it uh, Bolshitia. Um, <laughs> the kingdom of Bolshitia <laughs> is ruled over by a mad monarch. Uh, the, I love that the king is mute because mm-hmm. he's very very expressive. Yeah. Because he's just pantomiming all of. The things you know anytime he's trying to communicate with people the king's just pantomiming mm-hmm. but the queen does all the talking for both of them in the relationship 
And the queen is looking for a princess for her precious little baby prince boy. Mm-hmm. Her poor precious little prince. He's a sweet little boy that he needs to be protected. And mama needs to, to sever that umbilical cord just a little snip snip. Boy's going to be so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so then that's the thing. And like, so we open up with uh, the wizard quizzing this princess and it's like the 12th one or something like uh-huh. that 12th or 13th one that they've gone through trying to find the perfect mate for the prince mm-hmm. and uh she's getting quizzed on famous kings yes and like I've, I've noticed a theme is that the the queen always sets impossible tests like that's the whole thing yes she doesn't want her prince to get married because mm-hmm. partly she probably likes being in control and mm-hmm. if the prince gets married then and has an heir, then they'll kind of, the king and queen will kind of get pushed to the side to make way for the new generation. Yeah. So she doesn't want him to get married. But she's coming up with all these bullshit tests to make it impossible for a, for a princess to pass. And I love that, like, the final test, it was like, okay, you know, who was the knight that slayed a beast? What was the beast? How many rows of teeth did it have? You know, what? and then it was like, and then the last, and she gets all the answers right. And then the last question was, what was the sister-in-law's middle name of the friend of the blacksmith who forged the sword that killed the dragon? Yes. Ah, ah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, impossible to answer. Because like, I would bet that that's, that information isn't even in the original yeah. story that they're referencing. Yeah. Um, and so that princess fails, you know, and the prince is sad because, oh, I liked her. She was pretty and blah, 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 blah. The queen just goes on and on about how, no, we need to find you the perfect princess for my sweet little boy. And uh, as I had mentioned previously, everybody else in the kingdom has blue balls until the prince gets married. (laughs) Except for one person. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And so we find out that the most noble knight in the land, uh, Sir Harry, Mm -hmm. had knocked up his betrothed, well, his his woman, uh, Larkin. Yes, Lady Larkin. Lady Larkin. And... uh, they're like, ah, crap, because if we find if the prick, because, you know, because it's it's oldie times. So having a child out of wedlock is just about the very worst thing you can do mm-hmm. to those in that time. And uh, if the queen finds out about it, she'll cut the baby out of Larkin, probably because she's a psychopath. Yeah. And so Harry is like, ah, shit, you know, I've only got so much time before Larkin starts showing her baby bump and everybody knows. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he proposes to the. He makes a proposal to the queen saying, I will go out and find the perfect princess for Prince... What's his name? Uh, Dauntless. Dauntless, that's right. Dauntless. Which I love that he's dauntless, even though he's kind of cowardly. Yeah. Except at the very, very end. Uh, And the queen kind of agrees to it. And so Harry sets out and it's a three-week trek, you know, north across the mountains into the swampland to bring back a princess and... And it uh, cuts to like three weeks later and he brings her back. But she is so excited to, to <laughs> meet a prince for, I don't, they don't know, maybe they talk about it more with her background or whatever. But she is like unbelievably excited. I don't know, maybe all the prospective uh, bachelors in her kingdom are frogmen or something. But she likes or frogs. frogs. Or frogs. <laughs> she likes frogs, mm-hmm. as she's mentioned. But she comes... Frogs don't make good dads, though. <laughs> they only bring back flies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's when we get introduced to Winifred, because she basically knocks down the uh, drawbridge door and is like, I'm here! After swimming the moat. After swimming the moat. Which I hear that, and I'm like, but the moat. They dumped all sorts of nasty stuff into the moat. You probably swam through, like, raw sewage. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but she swam through the moat and she's super excited to be here and the queen is like, no, 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 this cannot be the princess. Yeah. No, 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 this cannot be the princess. And uh, Winifred had probably my favorite song. Mm-hmm. It might be one of my favorite songs out of any musical I've ever heard. It is my favorite audition oh, song to God, do. so good because she's talking about how she's shy. You may not know it, but she's shy. And just... Oh God, it was so good. I, I, you, I'm sure you could sing lyrics better than I could, but she, the whole song she's singing is about how this confident exterior that she puts on is just for show mm-hmm. because she's shy. I could probably sing it when we do our full recap <gasps> for the other episode, but right now I couldn't sing it because I'm super wiped out. There we go. <laughs> Kay said it, you guys. I'm gonna make Kay sing in the next episode, so you can all look forward to that. <laughs> Because uh, that was a great freaking song. Man. I love that song. So good. Um, and Dauntless sees Winifred and he likes her right away. Like she's fun and has lots of energy and seems, you know, pretty and really nice. And so he likes her right away. And she meets Dauntless and isn't put off by the fact that he's a spongy twat. Um, <laughs> so I, I think she's just so hard up. She's like, I live in a swamp. So really anything, any yeah. any prince will do. <laughs> Anything to get me out of that swampland would be great. Uh, I will settle. I will settle. And uh, so the queen is like, okay, well, I have to come up with a test for the princess and devises, you know, well, what can I test her on? You know, strength, cunning, history, you know, literature. And then she's sensitivity, you know, and I think and I think she's she's under the impression that this swamp woman mm-hmm. is just so grungy and unrefined and unsophisticated yeah. that she it doesn't have an ounce of ladylike qualities to her mm-hmm. and i just love the ridiculousness of the test of that oh we'll put a single tiny p under 20 down mattresses yeah and if she can feel it then she's refined i'm like i would never want to be with someone who was so incredibly sensitive mm-hmm. because I mean, we have we have a nice foam mattress. Yeah, I still toss and turn a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could you uh, like just just no bad well, bad queen bad crazy psychopath control freak queen? What what you would have to do with a woman that sensitive is give them a CPAP. Yo, and then that just knocks their ass out. <laughs> or I could give you opium like they do in the play. Oh my gosh, that was so so. Uh, the queen hatches this plan, and she's like, "Okay, we're gonna get these twenty mattresses that are the most comfortable, soft, cushy mattresses in the kingdom. Put a pea under it, and then I'm gonna even I'm gonna hedge my bet even more." She's like, "We're gonna have a ball. Everybody's gonna dance and get drunk, and I'm gonna then give her this concoction of opium to help yeah. her sleep, and then I'll have a nightingale sing her to sleep. Like she's just stacking everything in her favor." Mm-hmm. Uh, but. I guess I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but, um, crap. So she shows up, she sings her shy song. The prince is like, mom, I like her. You should give her a test. Even though the the queen is resistant to it, but then finally Mm -hmm. decides, okay, fine. I'll do a test for her. Yeah. Uh, and then that's when she starts hatching her devious plan. And while she's doing that, Dauntless and, uh, Winifred are getting to know each other Mm -hmm. and they're just going out and having fun, you know, and exploring and stuff. And, 
Dauntless is kind of giving her the 411, like, my mom's a crazy bitch who's going to try and give you an impossible test. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, boy, well, what could it be? Well, it could be strength or it could be, you know, any number of things. Mm-hmm. Like, it just kind of talks about all the different tests that uh, the mom's given to other women in the past. Mm-hmm. And I remember the one was funny, like, the weightlifting one. Yes. And so, like, Winifred kind of goes through and she demonstrates, like, all these other qualities that other princesses didn't have. With the exception of uh, spelling and literature. Yes. Those are her two Which, weak points. To be fair, if I had to be tested on that before I could have married you, mm-hmm. you'd we'd, I'd still and, be single. Instead, you had to remember the names and faces of all 50 of my cousins that were at that family reunion. Uh, if I could have done that. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen either. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, in the show, uh, uh, you know, Dauntless and Winifred are trying to get to know each other. And while that's going on, while we got this new blossoming romance, shit hits the fan between Winifred, uh, not Winifred, uh, Larkin, Lady Larkin and Prince Harry. Oh, because that's right. That's what it was. Because Lady Larkin is supposed to be the lady-in-waiting to Winifred while she's there at the castle. Mm-hmm. And uh, since Winifred had swam the moat and her dress was covered in raw human sewage... She got changed out into, like, some just patchwork clothing until mm-hmm. she could settle on, like, a dress she wanted to wear. Yep. And when Larkin came up to the room, she saw Winifred, like, on her knees, like, cleaning up a mess that she made because, hey, and I approve of Winifred. She's the kind of princess who's like, oh, crap, I spilled something. Here, yeah. let me clean that up. Yeah. She's not, excuse me, lady, clean this up for me, and then go... Th- Go get me another whatever it was that I knocked over, and then I'll knock it over again, and you can clean it up all over. Because I'm a cat. Because I'm a cat. <laughs> uh, and so when La- Lady Larkin comes in and sees Winifred on the floor cleaning up her own mess, she just assumes that she's a chambermaid mm-hmm. and is kind of like ordering her around. And then that's when Dauntless comes up and is like, Harry. Oh, oh Harry, sorry, Harry. That's right, because uh, Harry and Winifred are like BFFs now because they traveled together and and that's when Harry's like, oh my gosh, you've already met my Lady Larkin. And, and talking, and she's like, oh, she's so beautiful. More beautiful than you described. And mm-hmm. all this stuff. And Winifred, uh, Larkin, like Winifred seems like she's pretty chill. Yeah. And I think if Lady Larkin just would have been like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. She would have mm-hmm. been like, it's okay. And it yeah. would have been, everything would have been mended. But because Lady Larkin was a little hormonal from the stress baby growing inside of her, mm-hmm. she was like, I am so embarrassed. How could you not tell me? Then her and Harry have a fight over, mm-hmm. you know, how she treated Winifred. And that is not a lady. That is a chambermaid. And she's more of a lady than... Yeah, more of a lady than some people I know. And mm-hmm. Winifred gives her that that snapback. And, or Larkin. Or sorry, Larkin. Uh, Harry gives Larkin that snapback. And Larkin then's just like, well, go fuck yourself and leaves. Mm-hmm. And then it's 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 amazing how quickly... Like, after the two of them break up, Harry is like, well, I'm going to go fuck this French chick. Yeah. Like, he's like, and boom, he is right into fishing in another well. Their relationship in this version. So dysfunctional. It is the most dysfunctional relationship. I'm like, your baby's going to be fucked up. Yeah, you, <laughs> you two should not be breeding because your kid's going to be a neurotic mess. Your kid's going to be neurotic and they're going to have to deal with you two not deciding whether... Because, like, he, he even when she tells him that she's pregnant, blames her. That's for right, it. for her moment of weakness. Yeah, and it's like, dude, it takes two to tango, and... 
it's one of those things I look at him. <laughs> almost wanted Lady Larkin to bust out that you have a little dick and you suck in the sack. Yeah, like, yeah. Just... And instead, uh, that's the only part of Once Upon a Mattress that I kind of am like that can be thrown out is the Lady Larkin and Sir Harry stuff, just because I'm like, ugh. It, it would have been one thing if what happens later didn't happen because I'm like, no, you two should not be together. Yeah, <laughs> You are so toxic yeah. for each other. And who knows? But then again, at the same time, like, who knows how things would have played out if there mm. wasn't a nut job of a ruler telling everybody True. else in the kingdom that nobody can get married until her son does. Which I hear that and I'm like, how does that make sense? Yeah. Because it's still a class-based system. Like, yeah. It's not like all the knights would be taking all the princesses or anything mm -hmm. and there would be no princess available for dauntless no. it would just be you know quote unquote common folk marrying common folk you know so that you have more people to rule like farmers it, and it's because queen agravain is crazy is what it is absolutely correct but like the the thing that just i sit there and i go sir harry was so quick to move on to that french chick that it's like hmm I wouldn't, if I knew that, it would, and she sees that that happens, Lady Larkin does, yep. it's like, that would be a moment of like, yeah, no, screw you. That's not what she does. That's when she's like, fine, I'm going to run away, basically. And well, then, she was going to run away before that. Oh, okay. For some reason, It was I thought... when she was uh, dressed as a boy to try and run away that she sees that he's with the oh, French girl. The French woman. And it's one of those, like, that would have been the moment of, yeah, no. Go fuck yourself. I'm gonna go to a convent and raise my baby there. Fuck you. I do remember. It did make me laugh though. The joke with the French woman in uh, Once Upon a Mattress that all she can say is yes. That's yeah. The only English word she knows, and it made me think of uh, Flower Drum Song during the uh, Vagabond Sailor when he's talking about all the women <laughs> yes. that he's banged because he does when he gets to the French woman. That the, 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 that's gonna, the thing that he says too. She only can say yes. I want you to keep that in mind. Is that a reoccurring theme? Before we record our uh, full episode on Once Upon a Mattress, I want you to keep that in mind. Okay, I will. <laughs> I will attempt to. I will try to parcel some brain space to devote energy to remembering. That. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so let's see. Where were we in the story? Um, Larkin so, and and Harry broken up. Yeah, and Dauntless and Winifred are getting together. During that whole thing, we also have some great scenes with uh, the minstrel, the jester, and the king, yes. who are the trio of troublemakers, kind of. Yeah, of troublemakers. So there's a thing I asked Kay because it looked like while the queen was always on her tirade of being a control freak, it looked like the king was always chasing after a woman in the background, and the mm -hmm. woman, and it didn't seem like it was unwanted because the women were always like. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I asked Kay when we were there, like, is the king cheating on the wife, the queen? And Kay said that the queen and the husband are yeah. both philanderers. They I... have a line in uh, the king and the jet, the king and the jester and I, I think is the title of the, no, it's the king and the minstrel and I is the song name. But they do have a line in there about uh, that she that the queen is always complaining about the king cheating on her but you know what's good for the gander is good for the goose but the goose is not said because the king has that line and so he pantomimes it and that's just a really fun scene because it's 
a song with three people, but one of them can't talk. And that's extra funny because the music in that is still going as if the dialogue was being spoken. Yes. And it, it just is so funny because it leaves it up to your imagination a bit, but it oddly works. Yes. I, it just makes me laugh. It made me laugh. That was a good song, too. And the, the king in this production... Um, you know, of course, high schooler, but he had so much energy. He was great for the role and he was mm -hmm. just very, had did a lot of good physical comedy and stuff like that. Yes. Oh, um, so great. Okay. So, okay. And then I think that's when it gets to the point after, you know, uh, Larkin and Harry have broken up, uh, Winifred and Dauntless are, di are just kind of talking, getting to know each other. That's when the queen is hatching her devious plan. Mm. And if I remember correctly, the minstrel, I'm trying to remember how the minstrel says that he's going to find out what the test is for the prince. Um, it is around that point, but he doesn't actually get to it until the second act because they are talking about it and then they see Lady Larkin leaving. Okay. And they go, okay, no, we need to intercept this because you are not going out alone. Yeah. And so they tell her, because the minstrel is on his way to Normandy anyway. He's like, you know what? After this is done, I'll take you with me to Normandy. And they have this great song talking about how great Normandy is. Um, and then uh, after that, it goes to the ball. <laughs> Where everybody is doing the Spanish... Spanish Panic. Spanish Panic. Yes. Which looked like one of the dumbest dances I've ever seen. And I remember thinking, how is that the Spanish Panic? Like, nobody looks like they're panicking it... at all. It's just arms in the air, stepping, like, from side to side. And then you do, like, this sweeping motion with mm -hmm. one of your arms. And then just kind of repeat it over and over it's again. because it slowly speeds up, generally. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, it just made me laugh. But I, I did love... Uh, during the ball scene, you know, everybody's partying because the queen wants uh, Winifred to just dance herself into exhaustion so she sleeps like the dead. And I love that the queen gets to the point where she's like, oh, are you ready to go to bed? She's like, oh, no, I'm having a great time. Should we dance some more? And yeah. the queen's just like, ah, let's do it again. And the queen just marches off, just kind of, and Winifred's like, oh, did I say something wrong? I mm -hmm. thought we were having fun. Future crazy mother-in-law. Um but I'm trying to see, cause, cause, when does Larkin get busted for trying to flee? It is at the beginning of Act Two that that happens, cause Act One closes with uh, Winifred showing off all of the tests that, like, showing Dauntless that she can do all of these tests, and Dauntless is okay. just like, it's I. It's after the ball. Oh, it is after the ball. Yes. Because everyone's kind of starting to be subdued and they've got the drinking table out and uh, she's just like, you know, wow, that was so much fun. And he's just like, I really like you, Fred. Because mm -hmm. that's when oh, she God. tells him that she her goes nickname is not Winnie, it's Fred. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and it leads to a great moment later. <laughs> I'm in love with a girl named Fred, wasn't it? Well, that's the song that this is, but the moment I'm talking about is when Lady Larkin and Harry, for some ungodly reason, make up and decide that they're going to name her daughter Fred. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have the line from Dauntless going, if it's a girl, though, what is she going to name? Or no, if it's a boy, what's she going to name him? <laughs> well, I love, uh, oh God, I do remember... 
Winifred talking to Larkin and mm-hmm. being like, oh, I, I did hate that scene where she's talking to Larkin and like, oh, Harry is such a nice guy. Mm-hmm. You need to just go apologize to him. Put yeah. on some, put on clothing that shows that you're a woman and just go tell mm-hmm. him you're sorry. And yeah. I'm like, like wow, I said, Winifred. That, that whole subplot, I would be okay if that would be left out or if it wouldn't be as toxic. Because that, just everything about that, I'm like, oh, this was written in the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the woman's fault that she mm-hmm. got pregnant, and it's her fault that she's upset with hair. Like, it's just, it's, mm-hmm. oh, it's the woman's fault. You need to go apologize and make things up. And, I'm, and uh, yeah, that part annoyed me, because at the same time, I was like, dude, Harry was pretty harsh mm-hmm. and should have been the one to apologize but at yeah. the same time he's like i'm the most popular knight i can get any mm-hmm. wench i want kind of and attitude it isn't until uh lady larkin says anything that winifred would even know that larkin was pregnant or anything and that that could have been a issue because she probably only hears Harry's side of things and well, that's not... That's true. She did, like, you know, she did spend weeks traveling with him and talking with him and getting to know him, so she was already friends with him mm-hmm. and then meets Larkin and is like, oh, it can't be that bad. I've got all this experience with him and I've only had two encounters with you. Mm-hmm. And one of them wasn't good. Yeah, one of them wasn't good. Uh, yeah, gosh. It's, it's miscommunication, the musical. But what was the song that Lark- Larkin and, and Harry, the song that they have when they make up, is a decent song? It's the, uh, I love you less than I did, yes. than I will tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Just basically saying that I love you more and more each day. Mm-hmm. And I love you less today than I will tomorrow mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's, it is an oddly cute song, but at the same time, it is not one that I particularly will care for a whole lot there were there were definitely better songs Mm -hmm. um and it doesn't that whole part just doesn't make sense (laughs) because it's like there's nothing to there's no admitting of of faults really and because i mean they just make up suddenly in that song yeah and it's they just like... they just make up there's no um reconciliation for any transgressions no i'm sorry i said this i'm sorry i hurt you i'm sorry that yeah this happened you know it's like just... i said this is a recipe for disaster <laughs> <laughs> we need to see the years later mm-hmm. with them kind of thing yeah <laughs> but uh uh okay so i guess back to the plot i know there is kind of this subplot a little bit with the court magician who used to be some performer previously yes and he was partnered with the jester's father and they were yes. like this this almost like a siegfried and roy mm-hmm. kind of combo um and then they don't think they did they say how the father died no okay. it's just assume probably old age because the wizard's really old yeah the so. wizard's an old guy um and and there's a, a cute song with the uh jester singing about her dad and how Mm -hmm. respected he was and how great of a performer he was and and stuff like that. That's a cute song. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so, 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 so the queen catches Winifred trying to escape 
in, or sorry, Larkin. not Winifred. I, wow, why am I just calling them the wrong name? Catches Larkin <laughs> trying to escape and dressed as a boy and is like, you lowborn, ungrateful, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like, how could you do this to me? And blah, blah, blah. And I can't remember what she tells her, but like, go change and wait on Winifred. Yeah. Or I'll kill you, something like that. Um, I do laugh at the song that they have just before the test for Winifred, where it's the shh, mm-hmm. be quiet, be quiet. The queen has ordered quiet. Yeah. Or she'll kill you. You'll be executed if mm-hmm. you're loud. And then they're like singing it and yelling it. Be quiet, be quiet. Yes. Oh, that was pretty funny. Um, and then it starts to, to get to the actual test, which as everybody knows, is the sleeping on 20 mattresses mm-hmm. with a P underneath. <sighs> I, I, I just, I get a feeling stacking beds doesn't make them more comfortable. No, no, it doesn't. All it does is increase your chances of, I would say, falling to your death in the Mm -hmm. middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's when, you know, Winifred, you know, the queen has them bring in the mattresses and pillows and blankets and everything. They go to the mattresses. They go to the, they go to the, what's that supposed to mean? It's from the Godfather means you go to war. Oh, I need (laughs) this. I still need to see the Godfather. Um, yeah, and so that's when she's bringing everybody in to help Winifred prepare for bed, and that's when she—that's when she gives her the opium concoction yes. and stuff like that. What made me laugh is like Winifred is like falling asleep, standing up, leaning on the mattresses, and then that's when they bring in the nightingale. Mm-hmm. It was a nightingale, right? Yes, they bring in the, the nightingale, nightingale of Samarkand to to lull her to sleep with its wonderful song and as they uncover it it squawks and wakes her up and stuff mm-hmm. and and then they're like okay we'll leave you to your sleep you know and the nightingale so in the is that normal to have a human dressed as a bird in a cage singing i've seen two different ways that it's done um mostly i've seen it a person dressed as a bird the other one i've seen is a puppet and the <laughs> puppet comes back as the consolation prize <laughs> Nice. <laughs> They're ready to give oh, her. <laughs> I forgot to mention that that in the beginning, when the prince, when the twelfth princess failed her history test, the consolation prize they give her is a dead duck. Mm-hmm. Like, there you go, you got some dinner. Now go back to your kingdom. Um, so yeah, cut to Winifred getting ready to climb the mountain of mattresses to mm-hmm. be able to go to sleep, and she's like laying down. She can't get comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 she's just. Uh, tossing and turning she's like okay lumps i'm coming for you throws herself on the bed and then a couple points she argues with the nightingale because it's being too loud and shut up doesn't it yell back at her yes just (laughs) and then it's singing again and it's nice quiet pretty and she's like okay and then she tries to count sheep to go to sleep Mm -hmm. and uh i love that then it just kind of fades uh, from that scene and it goes to the next morning and the queen is just all happy because she's they're like okay we should get her a parting gift and da 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 and a consolation prize and you know and uh, and the prince is like well what about her test oh well, dauntless darling the test is over it was last night he's like oh, well did she pass he's like, oh I'm sure she didn't kind of thing and then she divulges what the test was mm-hmm. that if she's a true princess of noble blood she should be sensitive enough to feel a fucking pee mm-hmm. underneath 20 mattresses you dumb crazy rule anyway uh 
And then they go into her into Winifred's chamber and she's still counting sheep and she's up to like the tens of thousands mm-hmm. kind of thing. She's like, what are you doing? Counting sheep. She's like, are you, you didn't sleep. I never closed my eyes. <laughs> and she's just railing at the queen about these mattresses. What do you stuff them with? Jousting equipment. Just just railing on her and stuff. And, and then, the, of course, everybody's excited. Oh, she didn't sleep. She must be sensitive enough. She's a true princess. There, and Dauntless is like, that means I get to marry her. Oh, and I forgot the uh, the uh, the curse. The reason the king yes. can't talk is that there was a curse placed on him by a witch that he will not be able to talk until the mouse swallows the hawk. Yes. And I love that they make a joke. Winifred was like, well, couldn't you get a really big mouse and a really tiny hawk? And Well, we tried that, but the hawk bit the king. And <laughs> the mouse ran away and the hawk bit the king and the king shows the injury. Just yeah, like, on his elbow. Yeah. And and so that's the, the, the prophecy, quote unquote, that'll break the curse. And uh, Dauntless is, is like, okay, I get to marry her, mom, because she passed your test. And she and the mom's like being like, oh, no, 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 you don't get to marry her. She's not good enough for you, blah, 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 going on like that. And Dauntless, you know, uh, he, he grows a pair, stops mm-hmm. being a spongy twat and is like and yells at his mom and tells her to shut up. Mm-hmm. And that's when in that the shock from that makes the mother lose her her voice and she can't talk and then they're like the curse the mouse has swallowed the hawk the curse is broken mm. and then the king is like i can talk <laughs> ah that was it's so great it was great and the then he's telling the queen now when i say hop you hop kind of thing and she's like i'm not gonna do that and then i can't remember what i don't know what he says i'm not sure what he says to her but he cause... whispers into the queen's ear and it was something serious enough that it changed her attitude. And so now when he's like, hop, jump, skip, run, she's like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, happily ever after then. Mm-hmm. because And then we find out that it wasn't the pee in oh, the God. bed. That was so great, too, because it's after the queen runs off, right? Mm-hmm. After the queen runs off, like, all these other knights are going over to, like, disassemble the bed, and they're pulling out swords and, like, a rack of antlers. <laughs> jousting equipment. Jousting equipment. They're just pulling out stuff because it's... Because what I love about that is that the rest of the kingdom had had enough of the craziness that they sabotaged the test. <laughs> Specifically, though, the minstrel and the jester would have because they oh. had the thing where they went to talk to the wizard and to figure out what the, to figure out what the test was and they found out what the test was okay because you, you never see him actually divulge what the test is the 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 minstrel is just like well how about we go down to the wine cellar and continue this talk and he's yeah. like okay i'm in the middle of something but i'll meet you there you assume that yeah okay that that's makes what happened in hindsight that makes sense of the assumption but we just never see mm-hmm. anything communicated so my assumption was that the rest of the court Mm -hmm. took it upon themselves that they were just like, we are tired of this crazy bitch. Mm -hmm. We are a bunch of hardworking knights. We have our ladies in waiting. (laughs) We want to marry them so that we can have some babies or at least engage in the act of baby making. (laughs) We want our sex trophies, damn it. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, But yeah, so Dauntless uh, tells his mom to shut the hell up and, you know supersedes her and becomes the king essentially but he gets to marry uh winifred and who has now passed out who has now passed oh that was so funny she's because she's so tired because she didn't sleep and just oh but, but yeah so 
they're able to get married and that breaks the the hold on the rest of the kingdom so everybody can get married including harry and uh larkin mm-hmm. so now they can be married so it won't be a sin that mm-hmm. she got knocked up out of wedlock and then they'll just fuck up their child with their <laughs> just... toxic relationship uh, who knows maybe that the thing too is that crazy makes you crazy that's true and if you're living in a crazy kingdom full of crazy rules it's gonna make people behave crazy because mm-hmm. it's the crazy law that's fair so that's I, fair so who knows maybe with that law being broken they have a healthier relationship who knows we can only hope we can only hope for that child's sake but, you know, it could be part of the Broadway extended universe. We could find out that that led to, I don't know. You know, I do think it would be great to see sequels to musicals, like, <laughs> 10 years later, 20 years later, just see other stuff. Like, I know you and I made the joke about in our Guys and Guys and Dolls episode. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit, I want to see that sequel of them trying to find children to play the roles of all the kids that they supposedly have that the mother-in-law believes that they have so i think that there's some that seems like uh some some uh uh forbidden broadway material right there mm-hmm. i can't wait till we can cover that stuff but, but yeah i i liked the show a lot i was I'm so glad I, it was funny because the last, you know, musical we saw, high school production, was Elf, which, if you've listened to that one, you know I'm not the biggest Elf fan. Uh, so I was a, I was not... And we... Kay and I had had a long week, and, mm-hmm. you know, you had the doctor's appointment, your eyes were dilated, and I was very tired and kind of lethargic, and so I was not super excited about going to mm-hmm. Once Upon a Mattress, just because me being my homebody self. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm very glad that we did go because yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. It was really funny. It was very entertaining. Uh, it's really well done. It was very well done. Uh, it was funny too because uh, Alta High School is getting a new auditorium, and so we were in their their current one, which is much smaller than the uh, was it Corner Canyon mm-hmm. Corner Canyon High School. Because it was funny, we went there. It was like, damn, this is a good theater. Like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked very much like a professional theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we went to Alta High School, and it was probably a third of the size Mm -hmm. and i was like oh wow you know very very different but then they were you know before the show started they were like oh well as you saw the construction outside we're gonna have a new theater next Mm -hmm. year and so i'm like "Ooh, we're gonna have to go see some uh shows next year and and see alta's new new theater very excited so i'm excited but so far uh you know i've i've liked going to see the high school productions Mm -hmm. they've been entertaining i'm so glad good and uh I think Once Upon a Mattress, granted we haven't seen the other version you're talking Mm -hmm. about, but at least the more traditional version that we have seen, Mm -hmm. it's got to be up there with my favorite musicals. It's it's up there for me too. Yeah, it's definitely up there. Uh, I would say for the reasons of the characters, at least the characters for me that really shone through were Winifred, uh, the Queen, even Mm -hmm. though I hate her. The king, mm-hmm. uh, the jester, and the minstrel are kind of somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think that they're. I find their characters just slightly annoying, but mm-hmm. I think that they're supposed to be because yeah. they're clowns, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Harry and Larkin are kind of in the middle too, just because I don't really care for their subplot, but. Wow, okay, so that that's really what it is. Lar- uh, uh, Winifred and the Queen, just because of how 
entertaining their characters are mm-hmm. just really stole the show for me. Yeah. Just they were just so entertaining to watch. Anytime they were on stage, they were just so full of energy and they really commanded the scene. Mm-hmm. And it was just entertaining. It was a lot of fun. I'm so glad. Yay. Yay. I'm, I'm so what we'll do is we'll do a proper intro for the next one and I'll let you know. You give me the history. I'll give you the history of the show. And then, uh... This is a little, uh... This is a little unorthodox. Yeah, a little unorthodox for us. With how different the 2005 one is, um, I think that it works just fine, so... No, and I am glad that we saw this version first, considering Mm -hmm. that it is the more traditional version, and the next version we're seeing is different. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Would it be a revival? Sort of, yeah. Uh, You'll you'll cover it. It would be. Yeah, you'll cover it. Yeah. I need to not ask questions because Kay will get to it when we get to it. <laughs> it's all right. It's it's fine to ask questions. Questions are good. In the words of Mr. Garrison, there are no stupid questions, only stupid people. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening to this mini-sode. Thank Again, you so much for joining us. Uh, Alta High is putting on Once Upon a Mattress, uh, Alta High in Sandy, Utah, if you're in Utah, go see the show. It is very entertaining. It was worth yes. the money. Uh, they have a performance tonight. I think that by the time that I have this up, uh, the matinee will have already happened. But they have a performance tonight at 7, tonight, Saturday, November 23rd, 2019. And then uh, the last performance will be Monday, November 25th, 2019. Um, because Utah and everything's closed Sundays. Yep, everything is closed Sundays. So that'll be... Uh, it for that show um but uh i do think that since we've done a couple live shows that have been you know successful recaps uh we'll try and get more of those squeezed in in places i think yeah i enjoy them yeah they're very fun it's good to go be able to see some live shows Mm because most of what we uh do is is film versions yep so yeah, that was I, I figured that'll be that'll be fun. I think the next one that I wanna try to get us to go see is Lucky Stiff, uh, that Draper Theater is putting on in January. Lucky Stiff. That's yes. so like a lucky dead guy as in stiff. Maybe. I'm gonna assume that that's correct. I'm I'm excited because it's <laughs> it's another one of my favorite shows, but it's not done often enough that yeah so it'll be fun i'm excited so thank you guys so much for listening if you want to get a hold of us you can always reach out to us on uh, twitter gmail facebook tone deaf musical we also have our website at tonedeafmusical.com and if you want to chat with us uh you can come to the cast junkie discord server which k will have a link in our episode description we have our own uh, channel in there and we're often off topic or you can come and talk to k about musical theater and she would love to hear from you absolutely Uh, i will make dorky references and try to keep up but i'll probably just be lurking in the background (laughs) he 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 is very he he is blossoming a little bit though into both musical theater and also into other things like 
I don't know, you're more active lately than I am, but I <laughs> tend to go really cerebral when I do my deep dives. So <laughs> you can tell if I'm about to do a deep dive because my activity on the Discord will just drop. Because <laughs> I'm like, nope, I'm diving now. Yeah, see, and that's why, because you're, you're doing the work, and I'm like, well, I guess I should talk to people. <laughs> um, if you want more episodes than what you can access on your usual podcatchers, we also have some bonus episodes for our patrons, Patreon sponsors. This is true. And that Patreon would be Tone Deaf Musical as well. And we are getting ready to do the second part of our now... Well, okay, so it's now part four of our <laughs> multi-part series of Capitalism Gone Wild. But this will be the second part of a three-part Oil of Olay. Did you folks know... That corporations do musical commercials for it's the purposes wild of marketing. As hell, <laughs> and some of them are actually really good. Yeah, so if you if you want to hear about the Oil of Olay musical, uh, join our Patreon for uh, it's the five dollars and up. They get access to it, um, or you know, just you can get a shout out uh, on the podcast if you'd like uh, us to deliver a message, maybe a. a congratulations or a happy birthday or a happy mm -hmm. anniversary or if you hate someone and you want us to we won't do those <laughs> oh it depends it depends <laughs> I, I i i put an asterisk there you're welcome to send it to us and uh we'll we'll see because depending. yeah yeah i i have some restrictions <laughs> <laughs> i have some restrictions on what we will say <laughs> but uh did dear michael and hr benny says <laughs> no <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this mini-sode. You can check back with us when we do our full episode on uh, Once Upon a Mattress. That'll release uh, the day before Thanksgiving, so... Yeah. Because uh, time stops for no man and the show must go on and all that jazz. On. All that jazz. Jazz hands. All right. So that'll be it for today. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone, Tone Death. Death.